0: Welcome to Monday through Friday cellular agriculture for a pandemic-free future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number thirty-three, and I'm recording it on Thursday, August twentieth, two thousand and twenty, at four twenty-nine p.m. Eastern Time. So um, let's let's continue addressing the morality of what's going on with this coronavirus, COVID-19, and factory farming. Uh, Again, just briefly before we get into that, um, you need to understand that um, the farming of animals, because it involves so much close contact between, not just domesticated animals and people, but between Wild animals like bats, who are, you know, the reservoirs, the carriers of initial carriers of these pandemics, and, and, and domesticated animals. So basically, by our continuing to farm and eat animals that are raised in farms, we are um, we are placing our, our world, our, our you know everyone at great risk, and and nobody's talking about that, and that's evil. That's wrong, because a lot of people are dying. And, and, and you know, again, we're, that's, that's the first part of it. Second part is like, again, the Congressional Budget Office has predicted that when this is all said and done, in a year, two, three years, uh, we will have spent about $8 trillion. We, we're here in the United States. So the second part of this is, you know, the message is that we should immediately, as soon as Biden is elected as soon as Biden takes office in January. We should immediately invest $50 billion to fast track the cellular agriculture industry. So instead of having to wait 10, 15 years for these clean meat, cultured meat products to be in supermarkets, and, and for us to be, you know, 90, 95 plus percent safe from pandemics. Uh, we can be we can enjoy that safety and we can enjoy that the, the benefit of being that virtuous of no longer abusing and torturing these animals in as as few as perhaps three years so all right but you know that the challenge is we like to see ourselves as good people right i mean the slaveholders you know they they saw themselves as good people i don't know what the nazis thought of themselves you know but um but you know we have this experience with slavery that you know for for decades for hundreds of years people thought there was nothing wrong with slavery now you know there's there's very few people you know and there's something seriously wrong with you know those who still believe slavery is is not horrible it's not like you know deeply inhumane so the vast majority of us almost everyone understands that now well, we're in a similar situation, you know. There have been books written about animal cruelty. Peter Singer, I think in the 1970s, wrote this classic work called Animal Liberation, where he laid out the philosophical arguments against abusing animals, and, um, and it's not like, you know, again, we, people who have cats and dogs, pets, horses, you know they understand that that um that these animals feel pain so so we we have been in collective denial about our treatment of of these animals you know paying people essentially to abuse and torture them so we can pay less for our food products our meat and dairy and eggs and um and now we're, we're paying the price you know it seems like Slaveholders got away with slavery for, for hundreds of years, but that came the time to pay the price, and the South did. You know, South was devastated by the Civil War. Now we're being devastated by this coronavirus. And, uh, and the, the reason I'm doing this, it's not, you know, again, I, I think, you know, from a religious perspective, God may not let us out of this pandemic until we reform, until we deserve this reprieve, this, this forgiveness, you know, but um, but notwithstanding that from a practical sense, you know, if we're gonna be free of, of pandemics, we have to stop farming animals, you know, family farms, factory farms, there, there's no other way. I mean, like the only other potential, you know, way to avoid these pandemics is a universal vaccine, but that is complicated. Much, much more difficult than, than fast-tracking the cellular agriculture industry to get these, you know, cell-grown, lab-grown products in supermarkets. So developing a universal vaccine will probably take 10, 15, 20 years, if that. So, and that's the immorality. To, to do nothing, you know, to, to deny our actions, to deny our complicity in this pandemic, is evil. It's just wrong. You know, it's deeply wrong. It's killing people. It's murderously wrong. And again, um, if you believe in free will, you know, you're taking this personally. And, and that's, you know, that's mistaken, you know. Again, you, didn't, you weren't born into this world. You, you were born into a world where everybody's doing this, and nobody questioned it. And you figure, oh yeah, like if, if it was really wrong, well, our doctors and our researchers and our politicians and our clerics would really be you know, raising hell about it, you know? And, uh, and you, you haven't heard that happening. And so you, 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 you said to yourself, well, it can't be wrong. And again, you, you see the illogic in that. I mean, like, you know, you see that that's a rationalization. You, you see that, you know, despite, despite our leaders, quote unquote leaders, you know, neglecting this, denying this, that, you know, it it is happening. You see see 70 billion land animals, you know, suffering like this every, you know, veal. Many people know how how they make veal, you know. Take a lamb and, and tie it to a post and keep it in darkness day after day after day. And I think they feed it only liquids. What, so we could have tender, you know, lamb veal meat? That's sick. And, and many people, many people, meat eaters understand the sickness of that and understand that so that they, you know, they'll eat chicken and some, some beef, because they don't realize how 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 much they're you know, abused and tortured also, or they don't, you know, they're in denial of it. But they, they at least understand, you know, this 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 horrible way we we we've made veal. The same with, with Fagras, that this like they force feed ducks you know they just have a force uh, a pipe down their throat and then then force food down their gullet down their, their throat you know so that you know that's the that's the process that creates this this apparently more tender duck i don't know it's sick it's beyond sick so all right so but again if, if, if you believe that you have a free will, if you believe that this is fundamentally your fault, if you, if you don't understand that you were conditioned into society and it's really not your fault, uh, it's not anybody's fundamental fault, really. You know, it's, it's just the way our world developed. You know, in other words, we were all raised by our parents who were raised by their parents, who were raised by their society, and that society was raised by the previous society. You can keep going back to before civilization began. And that's how we develop as individuals, that's how we develop as as a collective, a society and a global society. And that, you know, if if that helps you to to accept your complicity in this evil, then absolutely. And and science is behind you, you know, like this, this idea of free will, it's just, it's used by people to justify harsh punishment and to scare people, in other words, like, People would think, well, you know, if you really blame someone, let's say, you know, some some black kid in inner city, he does something wrong. And with the free will thing is like, well, this this black kid did it of their own free will. Nobody was making them do it. So so they basically just pile on the punishment in our criminal justice system. It's So punitive, so horribly, unfairly punitive. They don't they don't consider that, for example, this, this, this kid's parents may have been unemployed, may have been, you know, drug addicts or, or, um, or ac- alcoholics or had severe problems. Or, and they don't consider that this kid you know, was, was, grown, was raised in a culture, society, where they, they don't have a chance to, to raise up out of poverty. And this Horatio Alger thing, I mean, what, one in a, a thousand people, you know, are able to see like that. So they know that the odds are against them. So again, that's just one example of of this kind of um, this kind of denial of of, you know of what we do and then this this denial of the of the reasons why we do what we do. Again, don't blame yourself, okay? Because that's important. You know, we need to we we need to consider ourselves ideally good people. You know, if, if you're fighting against these injustices. You know, you're not eating meat and stuff. I think you can call yourself a good person, generally speaking, if you're, if you're not ignoring climate change, you know, global poverty, abortions, you know. But um, if if you're if you're not doing these things, then at least you can consider yourself absolved, philosophically, religiously absolved. You know, let's get into the religion. You need to understand this, you know, this 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 concept of fundamental attribution to be able to like lift yourself out of the denial. You're not looking at this, at how you treat animals, how your complicity in, in factory farming and pandemics, the pandemics they caused, because you're holding yourself responsible. So let's let's go through the theology of it. Um, and this is for the 80, 9, 90% of people here in the United States who believe in God or higher power. So. If we take, you know, the, the general understanding of God is that, that God, first of all, that God is eternal, okay? So God always existed, okay? That's, that's the first, you know, attribute of God we need to understand. The second attribute, that, and that, that's like not contested, I mean, that's the definition of God. The, the second um, attribute is that God is the creator. God created this world. Okay, now... Relatively speaking, I think we can consider this world the Big Bang 14 billion years ago. There may have been an infinite number of of previous universes, you know, before the Big Bang. But as far as we know, our science only allows us to know as far back as the Big Bang. We have no idea what happened before that. So, right, so God is the creator of this world. Okay, now think about this. I mean, because this is is key to, to your, you know, gaining your personal absolution and, and, and becoming responsible for your actions, you know, from, not from, from self-blame, but from, from wanting to do the right thing. Um, so if you are, if you've been, if you've always existed and you're the creator of this world, then, well, the third All the right, third, if you're the creator of the world, that means that nothing existed besides you before you created this world, and especially if you're eternal. So in other words, like, basically, God created this world from God. That's, that's all there was to create this world from. You know, that, that's all that existed, and God existed eternally. You know, God is one. You know, this, this, this Shema in, 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 in Judaism, you know, this, this non-duality, this is... This is a singular reality and, and we call it God. So God is everything. If God is all that existed before this, you know, he created this universe, God is naturally all that exists after this universe is created. God, God permeates every molecule, atom, subatomic core in this universe. Th- these are all parts of God, okay? Now, think about it, if you create the world, and you are the world, there is no doubt that you can, that you control the world. You know, if you are everything, you know, how could you not control everything? Because everything is a part of you. You know, we human beings are parts of God. We're just not the parts of God that decide anything. You know, just like, you know, we have hands that that do a lot of things you know, that, 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 um, that write and, and, and work and just do things. Now these hands don't have a free will. These hands are just manifesting the will of us and we are manifesting the will of God, okay? So you know, that's a good way to, of understand, understanding that this will that we have, yeah, we have a will, we have volition, we have agency. It's just not free agency. It's not a free will, okay? So it's important to understand that. Um, now, when, when, when exploring God, there is one, one difficult aspect that people, I think, need to better understand. Uh, we, yeah, we, we would prefer to see God as all good, OK? And I guess the way I, I rationalize this, perhaps, and perhaps I'm doing ras- rationalization on this, is that I, I tell myself, well, you know, like, I'm not intelligent enough, nor am I knowledgeable enough to be able to judge God. Okay, now, with regard to intelligence, my, my IQ is in the 99.64 percentile. You know, and that's like about 25 IQ points higher than, than the average doctor, and, and doctors have the highest IQ of, of any profession. Okay, so like, it's not like I'm not extremely intelligent re- relative to everyone else. But relative to God, come on, you know, I, I must appear like a complete idiot to God, what can I tell you? But, um, so that's, you know, that's, that's how I absolve God. But, you know, it doesn't, you know, the, the case for absolving man is much easier. You know, God is in control. God is the only thing is in control. And you know, in the Bible it's there. I mean, God is all powerful. All right, back to, um, I just wanted to like refer to the Bible in terms of like God's, you know, sometimes people think God is omnibenevolent, all good. And again, I try to hold that perspective, but even in Isaiah, I think 49, seven, I believe. I'm not sure. Uh, I should look that up soon. Um, Even Isaiah, God tells Isaiah, I create light. I create darkness. I create good. I create evil. Okay. And I mean, come on. I mean, like, you know, if, if God didn't create suffering, there would be no suffering. If God didn't create evil, there would be no evil because God creates everything. All right. So I hope, and again, you know, from a scientific perspective, this is religious. You know, we have four top scientists that are, Leagues above every other scientist in, in, in distinction and what they've done, and there's Isaac Newton who almost single-handedly invented classical physics. Then there's Char- Charles Darwin who taught us that no, we didn't. You know, um, the the first woman was not yanked out of the rib of the first man in the Garden of Eden. You know that we evolved from um, from. "Quote unquote" lower life forms, let's say earlier life forms. I think that's a better term. And um, then Sigmund Freud, who basically his his great achievement was to have us understand the importance of our unconscious—that we have this this part of us that's kind of like the the bottom of an iceberg. You know, the, our consciousness is just like the tippy top of this massive iceberg that's underwater that is our unconscious. And, and Freud was, was very successful in getting people not just to understand the existence of the unconscious, but to, to learn through various methods, various, tec- various techniques, how to make that which is not conscious, conscious. You know, that which is rep- repressed, that which we deny. So that was major. And then finally, Albert Einstein... Who almost single-handedly you know, invented um, quantum mechanics, uh, modern physics, you know, his, his theories of relativity, special relativity, general rel- relativity. He was one of the pioneers of quantum mechanics. So uh, I mention these because these are our four by far, there's no one, no scientist, no mind compares, no scientific mind compares with them in terms of um, their Their authority and, and, and all three of them, all three of them, coming from the three distinct academic fields of physics, biology, neuroscience, psychology, all three con- concluded through different arguments that, that free will is impossible that, that no we don 't have a free will you know basically newton. And, um, and Einstein would easily refer to cause and effect. Everything has a cause. And so, like, if you do something or think something, you know, there's a cause to that. And then there's a cause to that cause and a cause to that cause. And these cause, causes re- regress back in time, you know, moment by moment until you get to the Big Bang and whoever, you know, whatever. So basically, you know, it's our, our, our life is like a, a, a movie playing itself out. The movie's already been, yes it has been, everything has been set in stone. Some people say some things aren't set in stone, everything is set in stone. All right, so like Darwin and uh, Einstein understood, you know, the lack or the impossibility of free will from a physics perspective. Um, Not Darwin, um, Newton. Darwin understood it from from a biological perspective, you know, Um, we, uh, our biology is all macro it's 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 all causal you know biological processes you know um, are completely causal you know our, our, um, the way our, our body works it's physical it, it 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 it's governed by these same laws of nature and um so he you know and i think darwin was also familiar with the concept of nature and nurture that either Our genes, our genetic evolution determines our behavior, or our conditioning, our interaction with the environment determines our behavior. And that's all there is. There isn't a third component of this called free will. Okay. And of course, Freud understood the impossibility of free will. Because like, think about it. If the unconscious um, takes part even in any decision, you know, can occasionally even like, the fact that our, con- our unconscious takes part in decisions means that our, our decisions are never free of that influence. And think about it, our unconscious is a part of us that we're not conscious of. So a part of us that we're not aware of is, uh, is determining, taking part in determining what we do. It's, you know, so that, that obviously, you know, refutes free will, and it's even more than that. If you want to get really, really deeply into the, um, the understanding of our consciousness, Um, our unconscious, essentially our mind, this reservoir of all our thoughts, feelings, experiences, everything we've ever taken in through our senses or thought, you know, think about that. It's not conscious to us, it's it's in there, right? Um, So basically our unconscious is our mind, okay? That's who we are. Our consciousness is just like our unconscious, like shining a flashlight on one aspect of itself or one aspect of the world or whatever. It's like, it's just our, our, unco- our consciousness is just our unconscious focusing on something. Like right now I'm focusing on what I'm saying, you know, and everything else remains in the unconscious. All right. Perhaps that was a bit too much, but anyway. Um, I hope you understand that, you know, you are, if you're, if you're buying meat and fish and dairy, you're complicit in, Probably the, the most horrible, inhumane, cruel, torturous practice that has ever taken place on the planet. Far worse than slavery, far worse than the Holocaust. And again, if you doubt that, I've said this before. Let's say we're, you were given the choice of either being in a concentration camp for a year, or slave for a year, or being in one of these factory farms for a year. I guarantee you, you would you would take the, the slavery or the concentration camp. You know, I mean, again, the pigs, female sows, You know, they're kept in cages, these gestation crates, and not all, it's beginning to change, but it's not, it's not much better. In, in, in many places, they're kept in crates so small, they can't even turn around for months at a time. It drives them nuts. C- pigs are smarter than dogs. OK, and they don't have any they don't have any uh, hay underneath them, you know, and it's so like, yeah, all right. The, the laws are changing now. I think in California and other parts of the world, I think the European Euro- Union, I think they outlawed gestation crates. But what the, 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 the sows now have maybe like they can turn around and walk a few feet in either direction. I mean, give me a break. That, that is not, you know, such a, you know desirable um, life for months and months at a time. Um, I could go on with, with the way, you know, chickens are treated and, you know, you know the chicks, their beaks are cut kind off on this, you know. So like, what we're doing is so horrible and we're paying the price. Let's get back to theology, you know. God, you know, we, we receive, we know that we, we receive a lot of blessings when we do good, you know. It's like we're not supposed to do good, ideally, to receive the blessings. We're supposed to do good because it's the right thing. But, you know, if, 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 if understanding that when we do good, we receive good, motivates us to do good, that's good. That's, you know, that's, that's a good way to, to get us to be better people. And, and, and the world has gotten so much better in so many ways because we have become better and better people. You know, if you doubt this, there are two books I want to refer you to. The first one is called Abundance by a tech entrepreneur named Peter Diamandis. Okay, he's probably a multimillionaire, perhaps a billionaire. And the second book is called Progress. It's, it's by a Norwegian um, researcher named Johan Norberg. And, and both of these books basically chronicle, you know, detail how our world in so many ways, you know, is so much better than it's ever been for human beings. We're living longer, we're being healthier, less violence, you know, so across the board, less infant mortality, more education, people are, are happier, I mean, that's across the board, we have so many blessings, you know, so we wanna protect this. We don't want these coronaviruses, you know, as punishment for our neglecting for example our stewardship of the future you know we're ignoring it's not just like think that we're treating animals so horribly it's these four you know four great evils you know treating animals horribly uh, aborting 50 to 60 million unborn children each year ignoring the poor almost a billion people who are poor on this planet and ignoring climate change this is probably a punishment for these collective four things and i think yeah we're gonna have to like address all four, but I think what's eminent, what's, what's urgent, and very important right now, is that we stop farming animals. And the way we're gonna do that is by investing you know, many billions of dollars. I mean, $50 billion is one half of 1% of what the Congressional Budget Office said we're gonna be spending. There's $8 trillion on this pandemic, so it's nothing. All right, so I hope you're got um, about a minute left. Hope um, you're having a good Friday. Got some more good news. So, like this, 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 series is now on Spotify as a podcast, and now it's also on iTunes. You know, so if you have an Apple phone, an Apple um, pad, or whatever, a Mac, you know, just download iTunes and like look it up in the podcasts. Uh, sell, sell ag for a pandemic-free future. Same with Spotify. And, you know, you, don't, you can listen to these anytime. And, you know, you can just download them to your phone. There's a, a podcast episode only has about 32 megabytes or so of, of download um, data. It's not, it's not a huge, it's not like a video or something. So anyway, so um, again, I hope you're having a good Friday. And I will see you next Monday, God willing, with the next episode. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep going through this until... Until we get it until you know our politicians begin talking about this, okay, thanks.